Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have Adam Adams with us today from around the Denver area, and he also has a podcast, the Creative Real Estate Podcast that he's been running, hosting, to talk about real estate and everything in terms of benefits from real estate. So, so let's welcome Adam, and then we'll ask him about himself. Welcome, Adam. Hello, hello. Pleasure to be here. Same here. Glad to have you on the show today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, you mentioned that I got involved in real estate investing in 2005. That was because my stepdad made me. He basically forced me to pay for a piece of property that he bought for cheap. And uh, a couple years later, I sold it and made a ton of money, which was so cool. More money than I'd ever made. So real estate's always been a big thing for me ever since that transaction. And um, it's I actually started the podcast that you mentioned. It's called Creative Real Estate Podcast. Um, and it's still up and running today. I did sell the rights to the show to my co-host um, while I'm starting the podcast on podcasting. Uh, so that, that'll be out April of 2021, the podcast on podcasting. Um, it just helps people be better podcasters and to grow their show, uh, grow their listener base, things like that. Um, and I, I decided to start it after selling the first one because I was like, I still want to do a podcast. What should I do it on? And so I just thought, I'll, I'll just do it on podcasting. I've helped a few people to grow grow their listener base for 20, 30,000 downloads per month and and they've been really happy and and I love it I enjoy it I think it's fun to kind of I guess um, try to manipulate the algorithms to push people's shows in front of more people so um, other than that I have two kids two sons two boys I, uh, my biggest goal in life is to make sure that they turn out to be uh, great young adults and adults and husbands and and uh, and fathers, and then I also love mountain biking. It's like one of the biggest things uh, that I started doing back during the beginning of COVID. I uh, I just couldn't go to the gym anymore, and I was getting unhealthy, and I didn't feel though so good. So I said, I'm just going to try to buy a mountain bike because I live up in the mountains by Colorado, and. Um, and I got into it so much that I upgraded my bike for a bike that costs more than I've ever would have thought. It's more than most cars. Uh, and I just cannot believe that, that I spent that much on a bicycle, but I'm really into it. So that's, that's just a bit about me. Awesome. So before real estate, what did you do? I only did a couple things. I worked during the summer. I worked with my dad. And, and so he was a landscaper. So I worked outside and I always got heat stroke pretty easy. Um, I've got blue eyes. And I think anytime you have blue eyes, you, the sun just crushes you. And um, so anyway, I, I, as soon as I was old enough, I started working in restaurants. I didn't, I, I love food and which is the only reason why I have to ride my bicycle. I love food, but I started working in restaurants and, and I was, it was, I was happy because I didn't have to be out outdoors. So now everything that I've ever done in my whole life, it either has to do with these four things, um, real estate, construction, um, um, restaurants, and podcasts. That's it. Nothing else. Awesome. So when you got into real estate in 2005, 
how did it become mainstream for you? How did it become a profession? Um, yeah, I was, this was during college and I was uh, waiting tables at the time, putting myself through college. And when I sold that property two years later, it, I made more on that one property than I had ever made in a single year before that, working as a bartender or landscaping or whatever. Um, so that was how it started becoming my part-time profession. I actually I decided that I wanted to manage some properties. So I started being a property manager for this guy that had like a 20, 23 different units. And I was managing uh, all three buildings and um, it was a lot of fun. So that was still part-time. And then I bought my first triplex in 2008. It was still part-time. I was still doing other jobs. And it was not actually until 2016, I was a manager of of large commercial construction. We were doing roofs and siding and just building buildings or rebuilding buildings. And, um, and I wanted to go skiing and the teach the the teacher i don't know why i even said that the my my employer uh made like deducted me because i wanted to go skiing on a friday and i started cussing up a storm not to her but internally i was like f this i do not want to be you know held down by somebody i just wanted a friday off to go skiing is that a big deal so it was 2016 that I just decided I'm going to not work for other people. And I started only um, doing real estate investing. We had several investments that we owned by this time, but it was it had only been a part-time thing for me. I always thought I, I wanted a W-2. I wanted to be able to... Um, when you have a W-2 and you're doing real estate, it's just easier to qualify for loans and things. And so, yeah, fast forward 2016, I finally just said, screw it. I can't, I can't do this. I can't work for anybody anymore. And I, and I haven't turned back since. Awesome. And when did uh, Real Blue Spruce happen? Real Blue Spruce, I, that's tough. I believe that so I started like four different uh, holdings companies and Real Blue Spruce was probably 2015 or 2016. It was probably 2016 is when we started it. Mm -hmm. So where do you stand right now with your uh, real estate assets? So um, for properties that I, that I own and manage, I'm at around $30 million for properties that I am invested in. Cause I also do passive investments. Uh, we're well above a hundred million. Um, but the, you know, that's like owning stock in Coca-Cola. So it doesn't really count all the way. Right. Right. So where, where did the podcasting begin for you? Did you start with podcasting as a part of your uh, real estate journey to basically share and tell? Yeah, 2016, I decided I needed to start a meetup group to meet with people and start a podcast. So we launched, uh, we launched the meetup group in the end of 2016, and we will launch the podcast in the beginning of 17. And um, the whole reason behind it was to grow my influence for in, in the real estate investing space. And do you primarily invest uh, in the Colorado state or uh, anywhere in the country? Yeah, I love that question. And actually, I think it's a good learning lesson for anyone listening who wants to get into it. 
Um, we've done assets everywhere. My part, my business partner is currently in Branson, Missouri, because we had an issue there and I'm flying out this weekend, uh, on, I'm flying out on Thursday morning to, um, to go out to Ohio, to some of the assets that we've got there. We've got them in currently hold in four different States, no five different States currently. And we have been invested in seven total states, including Colorado. But that's not, I don't want the listener to be like, oh, that's impressive. I, I need to do that too. I'm, I'm so happy with Adam. Like I need to do what he do don't do what I do. I really hate having to fly all over the freaking country to go to all of, I would way rather just have it in one spot. So I would just say for the listener, Make sure that you underwrite and find a great deal that you that you you really like this this market and it has good market fundamentals, and just don't look anywhere else. Just dive deep, an inch wide and a and a mile deep. Not like I did, which was an inch deep and a mile wide. I don't. I hate being all over the country. It's not beneficial. It doesn't make me cool. It doesn't make me rich. It makes me stressed. So don't 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 do what I've done. And do you invest uh, primarily in apartments or do you do other commercial as well as uh, residential ventures? So I still hold just a few single family houses, but for the most part, we're investing in larger commercial construct commercial uh, apartment communities. So they're already there. They've already been there. They already have tenants. They, they have, profit loss statements for two, two years that we call them like T12s and things like this, but they've got all of that. And we're basically just buying businesses. So most of the properties are about 200 units or more. And so that's seven properties that we own now. And those seven properties add up to a little over a hundred million dollars. So. And then how do you manage it? What kind of a team helps you manage these assets? We self-manage a couple of them. And what that means is that we have a, an employee direct in direct to our company that is managing the properties. Um, we self-manage two of them and we don't, and actually I'd prefer not to self-manage. It's a lot of work. And actually that's why I'm flying to Ohio and he's flying to, he's already in uh, Missouri, but um the rest of them, we're doing it right. The rest of them, what we're doing is we're looking and finding the best multifamily property management company in an area, in a region. We're, we're doing our due diligence on them, and then we're hiring them to take care of the rest. So it's much better to pass it off. Mm -hmm. And then how about uh, the current market? What, what's your sense of the current market and the way the interest rates are fluctuating? Do you see this as, uh, you know, I know the prices are increasing and everybody, every, every part of the country seems to be uh, a seller's market at this point. But what's your take on somebody who's looking to get started on investing in real estate? I think it's going to be really hard to determine that the day that we're recording this. Um, it's, it's, we're at the end of January of 2021 and there's a lot of factors and we are studying a lot of the advice from different, uh, professionals in the economy. 
and there isn't any one consensus. Um, here's what I think. I, I, I think and I assume that the market is great. Now, what I mean by that is it, it appears like there's a lot of demand and little supply for what's out there, which is driving cap rates down. In other words, it's driving prices up. And, um, and I feel like that is definitely there. And, the, and there's a lot of economists that feel like um, the interest rates are going to stay low for at least five years. And so, so really low interest rates do mean that you're in a poor economy. And if we raise those interest rates, it probably would crumble. So there's, there's definitely evidence, and I haven't even gone into all of it, but there's definitely evidence on, the, on pro and con. But just to give you an example of what we're doing about it, I think that's probably more important than me saying, I have no idea. I don't have a crystal ball. It's too difficult to, to, to know. Um, there's a lot of evidence saying that it's good, but what Blue Spruce Holdings is doing, or, or realbluespruce.com, what we are doing is we've decided to just manage the properties that we have, try to make sure that they perform the best that they possibly can because we have passive investors like in Coca-Cola. We have passive investors that, that we want to give good returns to. Um, and we decided not to underwrite or acquire new properties. Um, that's with the exception there is a property in Denver that we're looking at. It's a $20 million project. But um, other than that, for the last 10 months, we have not even uh, lifted a pen to underwrite a deal because we don't know where the market is. And we just decide if we don't really know, then it would be reckless of us to try to close on a deal and possibly lose our investors' money. Right. And then what about occupancy rates of your existing apartments? How was that during the pandemic? Super good question. Um, a couple of our, one of them is at 100% and has almost been 100% since the beginning of, uh, of COVID. Another one is, <clears throat> is right around 91-ish percent. It's a 200 and something unit and it's like 91%, but um, it's going up and down, up and down, up and down, but not in a bad way. And um, it, this is a reposition. All that means it's like a fix and flip, guys. It's like a single family fix and flip. We call it a reposition on these larger pro assets. And for this one, um, it, we actually don't have a full occupancy because not all the units are up yet. So we're still like building it. So it's actually, it's actually a good thing to be at 91%. Um, I fast forward because most of them are doing just fine. They're 90% or, or more, which is, which is great, more than breaking even, cash flowing, et cetera. Except for the, for, for the property that DJ is at right now and the properties that I'm flying out to this week uh, on Thursday. So the one that DJ's at right now in Branson, Missouri is an 83 unit and it's down to like 70-ish percent occupancy. And I have to admit that the property manager that we've had, this, this one's self-managed, but we have a property manager. 
she went off the grid. Like she just disappeared. We didn't know what was up and we we're calling and calling. And then she like was, re she was replying, but not, not anyway, we were think we were a little skeptical. So DJ just um, drove out there with it and, and, and he's going to stay there, but he did a surprise visit and um, we found out that the property manager which it's us, it's our employee. Mm -hmm. She is, she was on drugs, fentanyl, and she Shoot. was just like not doing well. And she stole money from the, from the property. And she wasn't worried about making sure that we had full occupancy anymore. And, um, and she actually let three random people in without charging them. So she stole money and she's like, having these people live there for free. Um, and that one is not doing good right now. So we need, we're, he's there, he's on site as of today and we're, we're getting it back up and running. We're going to have to rehire somebody, but this lady, I'm not going to mention names. She was, um, she was five years sober and uh, my business partner who hired her DJ he, he, he had struggled in the past too. And, and like, sometimes when you know what it's like, it's sometimes hard for some people to get jobs like that. And he was like, oh, wow, five years sober, that's saying something. And so he hired her and, um, and this just kind of shocked us because, yeah. Anyway, we're working on that. It's, it's less about COVID and more about us making uh just having the wrong person and not not checking it up a little bit faster because it went downhill fast over over the course of three ish months um of just poorish communication and not really sure but getting some good things we're like oh we got to get out there right now and we found out that it's not good but that that's really our fault i would say and we're gonna fix it and our investors should be just fine um but these things happen sometimes with employees, regardless of what kind of business that you own. Um, we can't say that real estate is exempt from having a bad person working for you or not a bad person. I, I guess that's, I shouldn't have even said that. I should have said having, ha, just not having that quality that you're looking for. You know, right, she's right. still a great person. Just she's struggling with something right now. Okay. So when did you uh, start your real estate podcast and can you talk about what what did it do and how did you manage it so that one was um conceived in uh end of 16 and launched in the, the beginning of 17 um you you asked me if i could talk about the why i why i built it mm -hmm. why, why why okay the the main reason was because i wanted to grow my influence in the real estate space i wanted to connect with people and ask them for free advice since I was at the time, I was new at syndication. So it's always good to be able to have somebody on who, who has that experience and you can ask whatever you want. And uh, you're, you're not even having to pay for a $1,000 an hour consultation fee, right? Um, so that was part of the reason why I did it. I also wanted to um, attract passive income or excuse me, passive capital from investors. I wanted to have people that had money, but they were busy and they wanted to still be part of real estate. I was, my goal was if I add really good content, I might be able to have a lot of them to be able to 
invest with us. So that was launched in 2017 and it's had over 500, I think it's had 540 something, over 540 episodes launched so far. Um, I ended up selling that podcast to this guy named Jason. He's, he's the current co-host. Um, but I got everything that I wanted out of it and more. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the people's cell phone numbers that I have now, like Hal Elrod, the guy who wrote Miracle Morning. I just sent him a text message a couple months ago for his birthday. And then I sent him a text message just a few days ago asking him if he could speak at uh, for our mastermind. And he's like, yeah, buddy, you know, of course I'd be happy to. And it's like, how else would you get, uh, just text somebody who's an author of and sold millions and millions of copies of multiple books. Like that all came because I host a podcast. Like it's so incredible. The amount of value I've raised millions of dollars for my deals. I've closed on deals. I've gotten credibility from real estate brokers where they've decided to award us the deal. Um, the podcast was really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And uh, for someone who's actually looking to get started in real estate investing, and especially on the commercial side, like you're talking about, what would be uh, a few things that you would advise them, you know, in terms of what would make them successful and what should they be wary of? There is a five-step process that everyone who's successful follows it. And um, most of the people that are unsuccessful don't follow these five steps. And it goes out of order from what most people would think. So I'll, I'll share first, like what the normal person would say is the process of, of being successful in commercial. They would probably say that the first thing that they need to do is find a deal the second thing that they need to do is raise the money. Mm-hmm. And the third thing that they need to do is, is close the deal. And the fourth thing they need to do is, is uh, manage the deal. It, that's kind of the normal conception is like, you got to find it. That's your first step. That's what they say anyway. And once you found it, they say, if you find a good deal, the money automatically comes. So then they're like, the next thing I need to do is raise the money or put in my money. And then I got to close it. And then I got to, I got to manage the property. It sounds pretty normal, but if you change those four steps for these five steps, instead, you will be massively, massively successful. First, you were never educated in the first scenario. You were never educated because you, you keep hearing that you can get education in one of two ways paying somebody or just doing it. And so people decide to skip it. And I don't sell coaching or mentorship or education at all. So um, don't even worry. I'm not even self-promoting myself in any way. I just think that the first step is education. That's going to be free education and paid education. So you're going to want to start listening to podcasts just like this. And you're going to want to start looking for YouTube channels or and reading books and reading blogs. And you're going to start resonating with one of those people. You're going to hire them. You're going to pay them something. You're going to have them be your mentor. That's step one, education. Step two is going to be selecting a market. 
So number two, you want to find a market. You want to look for good market fundamentals, markets that are strong, they're growing, they're big, basically where the cap rates are. A lot of people, they have this misconception that you should be purchasing properties with high cap rates because that's technically a, a bigger return. But the higher cap rates are generally worse areas, worse properties, worse uh, they're just in a bad situation and it's more work and you're less likely to even make money. So instead, you'll want to look for a good market. This is step two. Find a great market that has good market fundamentals. It's big. People want to be there. People are moving there. People have are growing jobs there. It has good tax benefits. It has good cost of living, it's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Find the market. The third step is to find your team, build a team. So you're going to get your attorney and your real estate broker. You're also going to get your co-partners. Now, this is, this is a big issue why the, why the other way, the four, four steps before don't work. Because what they're doing when they're going find the deal, then raise the money, then close it, is it's really technically the blind leading the blind. They have never done this. And they're trying to do this and they're bringing people with them that have also never done this, but are, they're excited. And the problem is you're going to be putting yourself and even passive investors, if you raise money like we do, at risk because you never want the blind leading the blind. So step three is to build your team or step three is to build your team in that market. You want to have a co-sponsor. That's just another person that's been there and done that and will sign on the loan. And then step four, once you have your team in place, now it's time for you to raise money. And you're like, wait a, wait a second, Adam, I'm raising money. I don't even have a deal. What am I going to tell people? Well, just trust me. Please trust me. You need to start having conversations about the types of business plans that you're doing. You need to start having conversations about the team. You need to start having conversations about the market. And you need to start getting what we call pre-commitments or soft commitments, this is where I'll, I'll, come, I'll come to you, Rajiv, and I'll say, uh, Rajiv, I'm working in Oklahoma City. I like the market because of these things. Um, this is my team, just to give you a little bit about our background and who we're partnering with to make sure that your money will be safe. And we're going to look for deals like this. If we find one, would you want to be part of it? And if you say yes, then I say, great. Um, a lot of people are doing about 250,000 for to do, but the minimum is going to be 50,000. Where would you want to be? And you just say, Oh, I'll just do the minimum. Uh, okay. No problem. When we find that deal, um, I'll, I'll, I'll call you first and uh, give you the opportunity to be in for the minimum. And if you say yes, now I've, I just have a pre-commitment of, of five, of 50,000 from you. And I just keep having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Once I've done that, I have the ability to finally go and look for deals because I can go to the broker who never would have gave me a deal if I, if I looked for the deal in step one, but now they will give me a deal because now it's step five. So I'm going to go to the broker and I'm going to let them know, hey, this is my team. Um, this is why we chose this market. This is our property management company and our attorney. And by the way, um, we've, we have $3 million in pre-commitments. So what we're looking for is a $5 million deal or a $4 million deal where we only have to put down uh, a million or two. 
and um, and and so everything's ready to go. This is the only way the broker's actually going to send you good deals. The other way they send you crappy deals that that, that they're just trying to get you off their uh, off their back. So if you do it the the step the five step process that I gave you, you will absolutely be successful because you, the money you won't be stressed about the money. You'll be in a solid market which has a tailwind versus a headwind. So you're smooth sailing. Your efforts plus the extra tailwind, you're going fast. You'll also um, have a great team, uh, including not the blind leading the blind. So you have good people on the team and you will be able to properly manage this deal and get deals and have conversations with brokers. So don't try it the other way. Do it this reverse way that I've kind of outlaid for you. That's great advice. So Adam, your new podcast that you talked about, the podcast about podcasting that you're about to launch. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I've been, um, and by the way, I'd love to have you as a guest as well Absolutely. on that show. So what it is, the, the podcast on podcasting, I, I serve podcasters as a business. Uh, so we do post-production. We do all the editing, all the emails and all that. And um, we also help people launch podcasts and we've got uh, a unique way to launch. We, we've either got the way that we're, we can guarantee that you'll be in the top 10% on iTunes, which is really awesome. And, or we can guarantee that you're in the top 1%. They just cost different. And the, by the way, the top 10% is probably cheaper than any, any other launch out there. But we, we also um, have that and we do all the post-production and all this stuff. So because... I'm serving podcasters. I thought it would be important to, to have a way to build the funnel. And so like at the top of the funnel, I need to figure out how do I let people know that I do this? And I remembered back to my real estate stuff, the only way is to add value to other people, right? And so I said, I'm going to just start the podcast on podcasting. I'm going to have the, the gall to start the, the, the podcast on podcasting. So, so I started doing it. I've, I've been recording episodes for the last couple of months. Um, it will air on, on April 2nd. And to, to answer your question a little bit further, tell me about the podcast on podcasting. Number, it's going to have a couple types of, um, of interviews, or I guess episodes is the best way to say it. So one of them is going to be an interview based where I bring on someone like you and I, I get your story and I get your superpower. So you teach my audience what to do about podcasting. And then on the other half, I'm personally going to be the podcaster. And it's going to be more of a monologue, trying to have a dialogue with just me and my listener. And so half of them are going to be long form interviews and half are just me. And the whole purpose of the show is to add the most amount of value to podcasters out there. I want, I want to be the resource for podcasters where they come for, for free advice. And if they are so inclined, if they want to start a podcast, then they could see that we do a good job to work with them. And the reason I go into so much detail about the podcast and the reason like what I'm thinking behind it is because if you have a listener right now that's thinking about starting a podcast, I'm giving you my whole business model so you can like think about it that way too. I'm trying to give you a, a takeaway 
um, on podcasting right now, instead of just saying, oh, this is just what the podcast is. It's like, this is why I have it because you're going to have a business that you want to sell. You're going to have coaching, consulting, mentorship. You're going to want, you're going to be a lender. And so you want to connect with more people or a realtor or whatever it is that you do, the listener, the entrepreneur. And I want you to be able to see like how this podcast can be part of your funnel. Absolutely. That's fantastic. We look forward to it. Well, Adam, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your story on the real estate and as well as what you're doing on the podcasting side of things. Before you leave, one takeaway for the listeners, anything that you'd like to share that would be helpful for them in terms of finding success? Yeah, 100%. I'm going to give you two tips. The first one is to start your influence, grow your influence. I think that's one that a lot of people miss and it's and it's huge right now, especially during this day and age. So find your own influence. It'll make your business a lot better. And the other one is something that I actually got tattooed on my arm. And it's, it's persistence and determination are omnipotent. Meaning that if you never quit, regardless of how smart you are, how educated you are, how many resources you have. If you just never quit, you will be successful. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Adam. That's, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure learning about your business and I do look forward to your uh, new podcast coming up. Awesome, me too. Thank you. Thank you.